On Wednesday, October 8, 1800, in a large frame house on Milk Street overlooking Boston Harbor, Dorothy Sewell May delivered her fourth living daughter, whom she named Abigail after her husband's mother. I was a sickly child, nursed by a sickly mother, Abigail recalled, linked from the start to her own marmy. Dorothy Sewell May's most striking trait was her affectionate disposition, according to Abigail. She adored her husband and children. This natural tendency was intensified because Dorothy had been orphaned at twelve when her father died of a stroke, a year after the death of her forty-year-old mother. Thereafter, Dorothy had lived with her eldest sister, Elizabeth Sewell Salisbury, Elizabeth's husband, Samuel, was a merchant whose apprentice, Joseph May, Dorothy married in 1784. By the time of Abigail's birth, sixteen years later, the Mays had three boys, ages twelve, five, and three, and four girls, thirteen-year-old Catherine, Louisa, who was eleven, two-year-old Elizabeth, whom they called Eliza, and the new baby. Dorothy had no formal education, and her husband had abandoned Boston Latin School in his early teens to work for Dorothy's brother-in-law. Nevertheless, she determined to send their boys at age five to dame or ma'am schools run by women, and then to man schools to prepare for Harvard College, from which her brother, father, grandfathers, and great-grandfathers had graduated. As for her daughters, Dorothy encouraged them to follow a year or two of dame school with reading, singing, and sewing at home, where she provided tutors in dancing and music. The girls could read freely, for the Mays had house servants and a library stocked with the classic historians, philosophical works of Priestley and Paley, and the poetry of Pope, Addison, and Shakespeare. The year after Abigail's birth, The family moved three blocks south to a plain but comfortable wood house with a large garden and orchards at Number 1 Federal Court, a sunny and cheerful spot off Federal Street that is less than a block from South Station in modern Boston. Around that time, Abigail's frail 43-year-old mother suffered a miscarriage that ended her 13th and final pregnancy. At midday on Thursday, April 29, 1802, when Abigail was 18 months old, her six-year-old brother Edward arrived home from Mam's school full of glee and eager to play, according to her four-year-old brother Samuel Joseph, who was known in the family as Sam Joe. The brothers were close, Sam Joe said later. We slept together, ate together, and he taught me all the sports— I every day awaited his return from school. Following the family's midday meal, the two boys ran out to the garden, leaving their sisters inside with their mother. Edward climbed to the roof of a barn and pretended to be a chimney sweep. Minutes later, having concluded his sweeping, he prepared to descend from the barn by stepping onto the post of an old wooden chair. The chair post splintered beneath him, A broken spindle pierced his side, and he dropped to the ground. Screams from servants alerted Dorothy, who raced from the house, carried her six-year-old inside, and called for a bath. Servants rushed to the well and the stove. Not until Dorothy removed Edward's shirt 
did anyone see the fatal wound? Dorothy fainted, Sam Joe recalled, and all around the dying boy was confusion and dismay. Servants ran to summon the doctor and Joseph May, who raced home from his marine insurance office near Long Wharf. Amid the chaos, Edward's body was cleaned, dressed, and laid out in the best room. Some strange, awful change had come over my beloved Edward, Sam Joe said. Eyes shut, body cold, he gave no replies to the tender things said to him and took no notice of all that was being done to him. But Sam Joe would not abandon his brother's body. He begged his parents to let him sleep with Edward one last time. That night in bed, he kissed his brother's cold cheek and lips.